This is Todd Summerfeld. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS in Crookston, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you the update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. The weather story looks pretty quiet heading into the new year. Attention is shifting to a Colorado low-pressure system that is expected to bring a snowstorm to the central United States Monday and Tuesday. The National Weather Service expects this system to track south of our region, but says it is too soon to know exactly where that snow will hit. The hard red winter wheat region in the central plains will remain dry for at least the next two weeks. Wheat was already hurt by last week's sub-zero weather. World Weather Incorporated says there will be a mix of rain and snow in portions of Kansas, Nebraska, and Colorado today and tomorrow. The rest of the winter wheat region will likely miss this moisture, and the outlook remains dry through the second week of January. The planting window for soybeans in Argentina closes mid-January. Soybean and Corn Advisor President Michael Cordonier expects Argentina's farmers to switch to other crops. If it doesn't start raining to mid-January, you're not going to do soybeans, that's for sure. You may do green sorghum or, or I don't know, maybe sunflowers. There's just not many options. Um, now, you can plant corn later. You can stretch corn planting to maybe the end of January uh, because corn is not photoperiodic like soybeans. So corn can be planted later and still do okay if you keep getting good rains during January, February, March, and you don't get a frost on the back end. So, But, you know, there may not be all the corn and soybean acres planted at what we thought at the start of the season. Cordonier expects South America's corn production to be a bigger story than soybeans. You know, I got right now South America producing about 3.5 million tons of more corn than last year. That's only 2%. And in another month or so, we may not have any increase in South America corn production especially if it stays dry in Argentina. So Brazil, it would be much harder for them to make up for the corn losses in Argentina because most of the Brazil's corn is, is softening the production, the second crop. And we won't know that production for another three or four months. So the corn issue may be uh, more important than soybeans right now in, our, in South America. And traders continue to watch Argentina's weather. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson says it's still very dry in Argentina. Well, they need a good two or three inch general rain, which is not in the forecast as of today anyway. Um, still some thoughts that, that La Nina is breaking down and they'll get some rain here in, in later January. But uh, again, weather forecasts are day to day. It's early in Argentina's growing season, and crop damage right now is hard to estimate. We just wrapped up uh, soybean planting, and I guess they can plant that late corn up to the second week of January, I read yesterday. but So they'll probably get it in, and I don't think they've lost a lot of crop yet if they do start getting rain here in the new year. During the interim, North Dakota ag groups met to find consensus on the expansion of animal agriculture in the state, Senate Agriculture and Veteran Affairs Committee Chair Larry Lewick was part of the meeting this week with North Dakota Farmers Union to discuss that same issue. They're worried that uh, you know some of these big giant food companies are coming in and just monopolizing the whole state. Well, that isn't possible. If we put language in there to restrict them in certain ways, we can certainly make this a, 
better inviting area for those dollars to come into this state and have some management practices that are going to benefit local farmers so that we aren't shipping out all of our grains out of this state after we grow it. I mean, the money is in the value-added processing, not in growing it. The new soybean crush facilities coming to the region has renewed the conversation on this issue. Term limits were established in the November elections. That will also renew the discussion about an annual legislative session. The considerations that we're having of, of um, losing the experience in, in some of these guys that are going to be lopped off at eight years, I think that uh, going to that annual session may be something that is going to be wrestled with this session coming up, and I, I again, will vote in favor of that because I certainly, again, though I'm not in appropriations, but I don't think that looking two and a half, two to two and a half years out, trying to figure out some agency's budget is a very practical thing to do. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. High inputs and feed costs are weighing down producer profitability. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. The largest expenditure for cattle producers is harvested forage and feed. Livestock Marketing Information Center senior economist Caitlin McCulloch says livestock producers are at least breaking even this year with increased calf prices. We have seen at least the price of calves continue to come up, and in 2022, we have it just above break-even. So making a little bit of money this last year and then making progressively more money in the next two years, even though we've seen those costs go up. So we had a slight negative return to each cow in 2021, down about you know $20 a head or so up to about $50 a head or so for 2022. And then we're expecting something over $100 a head in 2023 and over $200 in 2024. So looking at that price pattern to mirror maybe closer to what we saw in 2013 and 14. McCulloch says cull cow value should rise in the coming years as well. Most of that is going to be driven at this point by those really high calf prices, and we use our own calf price estimate. And so what I have in here right now is a calf price in the in the fourth quarter of 2023 of about 210, 215, and in 2024 about closer to 230. Uh, so some pretty good prices in there um, from what they experienced even in the years previous. And then for a cull cow value, um, those values have held up really well, even though we've seen very high slaughter volumes, and we expect those to increase as well, partly because there probably won't be as many cows being slaughtered. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Wholesale beef prices have performed well over the past few weeks, with choice beef cutouts spiking higher this week. According to Steiner Group Consulting, at least some of the price rally is due to disruption from the recent extreme winter weather. The cold weather negatively impacts cattle and feedlots as the animals burn more energy to stay warm. Steiner Consulting expects this to be a bigger problem in January as the weather results in lower gains and delayed marketings. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz signing an executive order suspending the hours of service regulations for motor carriers and truck drivers who are transporting fuel. 
In a statement, Wall says it's important to keep propane delivery reliable and safe for all Minnesotans. There's a lot of options when it comes to energy use on the farm. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Propane Education and Research Council Director of Agriculture Business Development Michael Newland says after what he considers a relatively normal year for drying corn, Propane is an ample supply for winter months. We export a lot of propane. Um, we produce a lot of propane in the U.S. We export about 60% of what we produce. So that gives us some flexibility. If we see some ebbs and flows, we have the ability to use that propane here. Inventories on a five-year average basis, we're well within our five-year averages everywhere. So that's the great news about it. We had a very normal drying year for corn. And that's the one big, big variable in our... Uh, industry. With a strong export market, Newland says having options is an asset for propane use with incentives for new agriculture applications. Our product is produced from natural gas production, also oil refining. It's very steady in, a, in our build, if you will, our inventory builds. Because of that, this year is a little unusual around the world from an energy uh, usage standpoint. It's very volatile. I don't know that anybody knows exactly what's going to happen overseas this winter. But uh, we think everybody that's using propane in the United States is a very good spot. If folks are interested in exploring opportunities to expand propane on the farm, go to our website, propane.com. We have an incentive program. Depending on what piece of equipment it is, it's a different amount. It can be up to $5,000 to help offset the cost of new equipment. Reporting on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. The North Dakota Department of Commerce has created the North Dakota Energy and Economic Coordination Office. That office will streamline and coordinate North Dakota's full energy portfolio. The Russian research, for, uh, research firm Solvikon is forecasting 2023 Russian wheat production at 101.2 million metric ton. For 2024, the crop is estimated at 86 million. Both forecasts are up slightly from their previous forecasts. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture has always been a business that deals with change, but Summit Nutrients President Jeremy Fountain says the pace of change is coming at us faster than ever. The world is a different place today than it was just two years ago, right, through the many things that we've gone. Diesel prices are still sky high. Uh, there's still a question of how high are interest rates going to go. So we have these concerns. Are we going to be able to get the fertilizer that we need? So as growers, as retailers, we have to find ways to be ready to change. Summit Nutrients uses technology to increase the efficiency of the crop nutrients. We have the challenge of doing more with less as it stands already. What are the environmental challenges that we're going to face in the very near future? So what we come in to do with nutrient use efficiency is we, we have a portfolio of products that allows nutrients that you're using today to be more efficient in the way that you're utilizing them. So we have the ability to be uh, foliar applied, in furrow, or even sparge onto your granular application. So we have a different method for application that can fit whatever you're doing in the field today. A joint venture set up by two state-owned Chinese grain companies will officially begin operations in January. Kafko and Sinograin established the China Enterprise United Grain Reserve Company in September. The new entity will manage grain reserves and help protect food security. A new USDA report shows retail food prices increased 8.9% in the first seven months of 2022. 
All 13 food categories in the USDA report experienced fast uh, price increases by at least 4% this year compared to the historical average. Three food categories increased by more than 10%. Eggs jumped 21%. Fats and oils increased 13%. And poultry rose 12%. Fresh vegetables had the lowest increase of all categories this year. Checking those markets, we are under pressure in the wheat market. Minneapolis wheat marched down 12 and three quarters at 921 and a quarter. May down 10 and three quarters. Chicago wheat for March dropping 13 and a quarter. And hard red winter wheat for March down 14 and a half. The corn market lower three and a half, lower for March at 679 and a quarter. July down three and a quarter. January soybeans 1504 and a quarter, two and a quarter lower. The March soybeans 1511 and a half. That's down by two and three quarter cents. As we check in on the farm calendar, the North Dakota Grazing Lands Coalition has its annual meeting and winter conference coming up January 18th and 19th. That'll be held in Bismarck. They'll talk about uh, some issues dealing with succession, uh, the dealing with resilience for your land, ranch, and family, and more. Again, January 18th and 19th. The Precision Planting Winter Conference will be held January 18th and 19th. Uh, they'll have a new location in North Dakota this year. They'll be in Grand Forks. And the North Harvest Bean Growers Association has Bean Day on the schedule, Friday, January 20th in Fargo. Uh, this is the largest dry bean-focused convention in the entire United States. Have yourself a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.